Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Go! Welcome! No, not really. Um, I'm going to go straight in that quick. I need to fucking literally compose myself. Should we still someone else? I'll intro it for a laugh. Go on, Paul. No, not me. Go on. No, no, just trying to. I'm trying to get the. You lads. No, no, too shy. Too shy. No, no, no. Too shy. Too shy. I can see what's going to happen now. It's going to keep this bit in. Yeah. I'm already recording. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. Yeah, let's just go. So, Ed, Paul, what are you saying? I'm saying. Good evening. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hi, this is a good uh, high energy start to the podcast. Hello. Was until it was hello. Paul even said now. I did. I said hello, but I think I cut over Ed, so one oh, of us is going to be hard. The other isn't. I'm not used to this. I've been out for so long. I know. What have you been doing? Life, life has been chucking curveballs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But other than that, just ticking along, really. Just ticking along. As usual. Well, You've been having plenty of tuna omelets and cans of purple monster, at least. I have. I've been, have been keeping the tuna going, keeping the tuna industry going. You don't built it up. Great, keep, keep, keep. <laughs> great use of vocabulary. Let's get him with the thesaurus for yeah. uh, for Christmas. <laughs> Actually, yeah. right, I'm calling this live on a not well, it isn't live, obviously. Well, it's recorded live, I guess, but we'll be played live. Um, I say actually, we're doing Secret Santa for the five of us. Got to just post oh, things. Actually, cute. no, bring them on the fourth, no, ninth, whatever the date is for the uh graduation day. Okay, oh, Paul, you're not gonna be there. Yeah. We'll post it again ahead. We'll you'll have to post yours, mate, or vice versa. Yeah. Whoever gets you, what's the um, limit? All right, I'll sort that. Side note, um, I don't know, five, ten quid, ten quid, done, ten quid. Done. All right, cool. uh, Matt and Johnny, if you're listening, when you listen to this back, um, make a note, please. Thank you. <laughs> right. Anyway, sorry, listeners. I know you didn't want to know about us organising secrets. Right. Um, yes. So we are here today to talk about advanced muscle gain. <laughs> Thank you, Ed. Um, we just wanted to have a quick fire episode just to talk about some um, ways uh nutritional based ways to uh, help increase your muscle mass because that's all what we've been trying to do for a long while appreciate not everyone wants to do that necessarily but i would say the majority of listeners even if they're dieting or trying to lose weight would probably still like to tone up a bit and you know have a bit of muscle mass because not saying anyone necessarily wants to end up looking like the hulk but they obviously go on to put on a bit of muscle i'm sure so um yeah actually a side note if, if I just say on a side note, if um, if you are worried about, especially if you're female, if you're worried about looking like the Hulk, trust me, I've been trying for a long time and it hasn't happened to me yet. So looking at dumbbells or kind of eating a chicken breast is probably not nothing to worry about. I think it's probably not nothing. Is that even English? Probably not anything to worry about because um, yeah, it's probably not that simple. Yeah, it definitely takes a lot longer than a few years and um, maybe some exogenous help from various things uh, to look as big as the people who you're worried about looking like um yeah some form um, of supplementation some form of exogenous supplementation (laughs) yes um 
What was I going to say? Uh, nope, carry on. I've lost my train of Carry thought. on. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, um, yeah. So, yes. Well, no, we just want to talk about muscle gain. So, I guess I want to preface this episode with um, the thing that's probably going to affect or help you reach any muscle gain type goals will be training. So when we talk about anything on this episode, I guess it's the the nutrition is there to support, I guess. the Yeah, yeah. If, if you're not going to the gym, then you're never, you're going to really, really struggle to put on muscle mass, aren't you? And I think this kind of helps what we're talking about before, if you're like an endurance person or somebody who doesn't care about muscle, um, before you tune out, this could help with like recovery uh, and things like that as well, the recovery of like your muscles, because essentially to be able to gain muscle you need to help your muscles recover from the gym and from the training stimulus um and that's when your nutrition comes in um yeah yeah, i I also think it's worth mentioning that it's going to help general health as well you know as much as we're saying about talking muscle uh building muscle sorry and we're, we're talking kind of aesthetically you know you also want to be building muscle because it does help for general health so we could talk certain populations but even the elderly say one thing i've been talking even to my parents about and they're only in their 50s don't get me wrong but um why wait till they're old to try and worry about things like degraded muscle and sarcopenia which obviously does happen so stuff like that where i think is really important to kind of talk about now to help people you know get healthier yeah for sure definitely it all helps paul maybe you need to start thinking about that what eat too training <laughs> training before you get too old growing muscle <laughs> well just worry yeah. so i mean like sarcopenia tends to to start at your age doesn't it you know in your 60s so it does yeah but i'm i'm young at heart i hope you're only as young as the woman you you feel they say or the woman mm. is feeling yeah <laughs> <laughs> And that's a little partner, by the way, before anybody starts catching these expressions. And I've got a long-term partner, not just randomly. What's his name? Feeling Steve. <laughs> just the way you said partner. I always think when someone says partner, they must be gay. Well, obviously, nothing wrong with that, but yeah, I, I do well, know what no, you mean. Either that, such, yeah. or it's I daren't say that uh, it's my like. <laughs> husband or girlfriend or boyfriend like oh my partner or <laughs> my girlfriend my girlfriend, yes. girlfriend. there we go i there wasn't go. suggesting for a second anything wrong with it but i'm just saying like it's just funny and someone says partner why would you not use like girlfriend or wife or you know, unless you didn't want someone to know what sex they were <laughs> maybe it's just me maybe you're a man of old times really <laughs> the modern, no one's naming sexes anymore old times mate if you you do you know what the type of slang that I know? I am not old. Like he says, in yeah, it I, and everything. In it, bruv. Yeah, mandems and man not hot. Get subtitles for this bit. <laughs> Even though it's a podcast. Anyway, we've gone off topic. Right, come on, on, let's get back onto it. Let's get back to the game. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, like I said, just just to preface nutrition. Uh, <laughs> sorry, let's let's get back to speaking properly. Training is going to be your number one focus for growing muscle. However, uh, nutrition should definitely support that. So um, what is the number one thing, Ed, someone should worry about from a nutrition perspective then if they want to grow muscle? This could be, um, I suppose, you could use the like the umbrella of protein, uh, as many would guess. But underneath that, um, 
you have all the, like the amino acids within protein and uh, one of those uh, is the most important you need them all present but the most important that you need in a um an adequate dose is leucine um and this is part of the the, the branch chain amino acids uh, which kind of a lot of people go on, oh yeah, I've got my BCAAs, I'm sipping my BCAAs whilst I'm training, and people worry about having their, their cola-flavoured BCAAs over, like, actually repping things properly. Um, so, <laughs> all I can just see is just... Bro impression. <laughs> bro, all I can see is bright red faces, people I laughing, thought, but I, I couldn't thought, hear anything. I thought that was Arnie. I thought, I thought that was Arnie. <laughs> um well no it's true though like okay so this just a little side note um side story so there was this lad like i've never seen him in my gym before and um he he walked in bought a pre-workout walked out came back in 10 minutes later um and then started like training very very badly whereas if he just kind of maybe spent that 10 minutes instead of drinking his pre-workout just watching people train he'd get so much more benefit than having his pre-workout. Um, and I bet he had BCAAs as well. But um, yeah, so people like drinking their BCAAs and worrying about that. So the thing in that is the, the leucine, which is quite a, quite an important little amino acid. And um, that helps the whole muscle protein synthesis thing that we have spoke about before, uh, which is kind of like almost sparking the um, rebuilding process. And for that to be able to be triggered, you need the leucine in an adequate amount. Um, and this is where I think um, veggies and vegans do fall down a little bit. Yes, you can get a decent protein intake, but they don't necessarily complete um, all the amino acids. Um, yeah, so that's something you kind of need to think about. So um, animal uh, proteins do uh, are uh, complete in all the amino acids. Um, and they contain a lot of leucine, and that's why you need a little bit more than maybe 20 grams of protein in a meal. You might need more like the 30, 35 gram uh, protein within a meal mark to actually have enough leucine in it to spike that muscle protein synthesis kind of um, effect. I guess that also is going to depend on your own height and weight and stuff as well. So I guess if you're a smaller female, you probably need slightly less than a larger 100 kilo male of pure muscle like myself. Next joke. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Right, right moving on. Um, yeah, so um, just to recap. So leucine is important um, to spike that muscle building process, like you say. So I guess a good way to look at it is that like protein is your building blocks, but you need the workers to come toddling in and start building the actual protein. So that's what the leucine does. So when you eat leucine or, or consume leucine, that then kind of tells the builders to come in and start using the protein bricks to start building your muscles, right? Of course, yeah. And I think just as I mentioned the whole veggie vegan thing, um, if you're getting enough protein, uh, you could always, if, if you're getting it from various sources that maybe isn't like a veggie or vegan way, um, I think soy, that's complete protein, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so unless you're eating like a lot of soy or drinking a lot of soy, uh, to up your protein, uh, maybe you could potentially look at a uh, leucine supplementation type thing. Um, you can get it in pills. Um, and basically, if you take that with a meal, that would um, ensure that there's enough leucine within that meal, even if you're getting maybe 20 or 25 grams of protein within that meal from various other sources. Um, just to make sure you've got enough leucine in that, because most uh, veggie protein sources are quite actually quite low in leucine. 
So just a top tip. Yeah. I think if you go and say supplements now, I think either the pills are probably better, but if you, I think I remember someone saying that the powder tastes rank. So if you're going to add it, obviously add it to your, your whey protein already, just as a top up, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. definitely go take a pill. Adding it on its own. Oh, yeah, that's like creatine. If you ever mix, like creatine, maybe five or six years ago, before it became quite mixable. Um, if you try to mix that in anything, it just clumped up and tasted rank. Um, yeah. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> it's come a long way in the last few back years. In years. Yeah, like <laughs> years and years ago, it was like drinking gravel, bitter gravel. Brilliant. But the so, games. Yeah, it's important, the gains. Come on, mate. You do anything. I'll, I'll shove it in by the spoonful dry if I had to. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's, that's, that's kind of the most important thing is leucine. Now, kind of just underneath that um, would be uh, regular servings of your leucine or regular servings of protein. So I know we've kind of said before that you know what, it's okay. If you're trying to eat 180 grams of protein in a day, if you ate that in two or three meals, then you're on to a, you're, you're on to a good, uh, you're on to the right path. Um, but if you were to maybe break that up a bit more and have it every sort of like three to four hours, something like that, then it's just going to add those extra few percent, which um, I think we did talk about this in the, was it like a protein one we I think did we talked about the bulk in the bulk episode. Yeah, yeah. So I know we talked a bit more about calories and maybe being in a small surplus and stuff like that. But this kind of like advanced techniques, um, looking at the kind of the, the more micronutrition of things, um, but separating that leucine and those protein servings throughout the day will make, yes, granted it will only be a few percent, but it will make the difference, especially if you're uh, really wanting to try and make some sort of natural progress. That's something you're probably going to have to start thinking about to make some good progress. Yeah, I think, I mean, I guess like spiking protein once a day is obviously, you know, not saying you're not going to see any um, development from it, but doing it more often is going to then mean more development. So whether it is a small amount. So I guess that also falls down to the kind of the argument of like, oh, well, you know, total protein is all that matters. I guess if you're trying to retain muscle, then yeah, total protein probably is really all that matters, i.e. the amount of protein you're eating over the entire day. But when you're trying to build muscle, then I think total protein is, well, put it this way, we've had this conversation before. I think we had we spoke about Martin, we spoke about it in other episodes as well, but um, it's the, the total protein is a byproduct of actually doing the things that matters, i.e. spiking your protein on regular occasions throughout the day. Because then, therefore, obviously, if you're eating, I don't know, I mean, what we say, I'm sort of point, point 0.3 to point 0.4, point 0.5, maybe in some people, grams of protein per kilogram. And you're doing that like in a meal, regular serving, say, so, you know, an 80 kilo male, point 0.3, point 0.4, you know, you're then talking sort of 30 to 40 grams of, of protein or point 0.3 to point 0.5, say 30 to 40 grams of protein for an 80 kilo male per meal. If you do that five, six meals a day, that works out at your total protein, what you'd normally recommend of what, what one gram per pound or, or 2.2 grams per no yeah 2.2 per kilogram so yeah does that make sense so it's just those, those regular protein feedings is a byproduct of or your total protein sorry is a regular is a byproduct of the regular feedings i don't know if i explained that very well because yeah I, yeah yeah that's that's kind of obviously what we spoke about with martin because 
the same same reason why we said that you don't necessarily have to be in a surplus even though it's probably a good idea you don't have to be in a surplus to build muscle because it's that's that like like martin said himself building muscle or or muscle gain is a signaling dependent process um not a energy dependent process so you don't need necessarily that energy because your body has plenty of protein to build muscle if it needs to it just needs that signal to keep the so those builders that i mentioned to keep coming in and spiking that protein synthesis to get going it's just and I, and I suppose that questions have come up with me in in my own head sometimes. I think, well, if that's the case, then why can't we build loads of muscle in a deficit? Because we all know actually that's still it's easy to build in a surplus. And it basically comes down to things like energy availability and uh, quality of training. When you're in a deficit, those drop massively and they do affect muscle building quite a lot. Um, it's not necessarily the fact that you don't have the building blocks to to do it like people think, i.e. if you're in a deficit or you have no calories or energy to build muscle. That's not actually the case. It's more of a, more of a case if you just don't have the energy availability. So that's kind of what I mean by a signaling process compared to a, an energy availability process. Does that make sense? A lot of sense, yeah. That's a really good point. Yep, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So, and I get, like I say, so that's why like total protein is only really matters because you're just you're, you're eating enough protein which we would call our total protein by having these regular servings throughout the day so so if you didn't have these regular servings you'd fall, fall short on your total protein unless you had one massive meal's worth of protein which we know for muscle gain for the reason we said is inferior yeah yeah i i know people who do it they sort of have two or three chicken breasts or they'll just have like two courses of just like loads of protein or they'll have like a whole pack of mints or yeah. i don't know just yeah so just Insane. I was just gonna say, just on. No, go on, mate. I'm sorry. I, just, I used to work with, with a lad who was like, "Yeah, gains, gains, gains," and he'd go and get like a whole chicken for his lunch and sit there and eat it, just the chicken, like nothing else. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then he probably wouldn't eat any protein for breakfast. He probably didn't have any breakfast. Then he'd like eat this whole chicken for lunch, um, for like shits and giggles, and then probably would have like a really naff evening meal. And it was like, okay, yeah, yeah you are getting a lot of protein in, but if you actually want to gain some muscle, and you know maybe have some carbs with it for energy and spread it out a little yeah. bit better for yeah so yeah so i mean let's let's just explore that in a bit more then because we kind of alluded to it already which i just don't, don't think we've probably quite spelled it out um or spelled it out so like i suppose i'm referring to the muscle full effect so why is why, why would be having like three chicken breasts in a meal be inferior kind of from a um uh, a biology perspective i suppose um, compared to having, say, three chicken breasts more spread out over a time period. Either one of you, come on. Go on, Paul, you've not spoke. So, so, what, so, so, what so we're saying... I'm referring more to like the muscle full effect. So kind of why, why, won't, why won't having a huge protein serving be as optimal as having more regular ones? So we talked about losing spiking. I guess I'm referring to like the fact that we can only spike muscle protein so much. Yeah, so I suppose what what you're trying to allude to the fact that you want to kind of keep that process going as much as possible. Yeah, is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, so I, I suppose I'm I'm just saying like, if you're having one meal and you're getting say I don't know 150 grams of protein, that you can only spike muscle protein. Yeah, so much. Um, and obviously we've kind of already said that you know, a 30, 40 grams worth of protein is the most that will do. So obviously that's what, yeah, obviously so you're going to, so basically you're looking at like a, I suppose, as opposed to one mass, one spike through the day, if you're spreading the feedings over the day, so over your three meals, four meals, whatever you're having, obviously you're getting the same spike from the, 
35 to 40 odd or upwards uh, grams of protein to get that to, to, to make the uh, MPS work. So, as, so you're keeping that going, aren't you? You're keeping the sort of the spike up, then it'll probably obviously decline a bit, but then you're regularly keeping up as opposed to that massive one, or well, not even a massive one. It's just don't, it's always going to do the same just, to that one, yeah. level, isn't it? That one. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 so that's that, that cycle of building going. It's kind of like, it's not like you, you, a lot of people say, oh, you can only absorb 30 or 40 grams of protein. It's like, no, you can absorb more grams of protein. You can, you can, you can absorb it all. It's just not going to be utilized properly. So you have to let that spike return back down to base, uh, like a baseline level before it can be spiked again. So it's not like you can have, you know, like a ton of protein and then half an hour have a ton more protein because that, that, yeah. that, that spike hasn't fallen back down to that baseline level and that's what has to happen before you can spike it again so you can kind of allow a little bit of rebuilding but then you almost need to let that spike have its little rest before you can allow even more rebuilding um so just having like one mass hit of protein you're only allowing you know one window of building instead of two or three windows of building um yeah 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 i guess i mean that, that, that's what i was alluding to so because yeah. obviously we know like basically i suppose the anabolic response to feeding i.e the like protein synthesis is is a transient process so it doesn't it's not a case of that it just happens once like one massive spike and then that will keep you going for the entire day it will there is only a certain amount of protein you can you can eat to saturate that muscle muscle protein synthesis i suppose so that therefore it will then kind of follow its process as usual and then drop down so the rest of it, like Ed said, although it's not wasted, that you will absorb the rest of the protein. You're not then triggering that muscle building process. Is kind of what I'm trying to get to. So I guess, like, just for the people that are listening, that tends to what, like, like so basically, muscle protein synthesis peaks at what, like, a couple of hours, is it, something like that, and then it starts to drop down. Hour, hour and a half ish. Uh, hour and a half, a couple of hours, yeah. So, so then that starts to drop down, which is why we say like every, I don't know, two to four hours is probably depending upon how much protein you're getting and stuff is probably a good. Um, gap to then let that kind of drop down and then you can then re-spike it again so I guess it's probably worth mentioning the study or they, they did where they literally uh, got an IV of BCAAs didn't they into, into some subjects to just to see well actually can we just keep that spike constantly because obviously if we can keep that spike constantly that'd be gains bro so what they did was they, they kind of just con- continually fed just all day for I don't know how long I can't even remember how long it was for was it 24 hours or have I made that up uh, I, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but basically they just they continuously spiked a group of people's um, uh, protein levels by just literally, like say, an IV of um, leucine into their straight into their bloodstream. And despite the fact that it was regularly available, protein did exactly what we just explained. So muscle protein synthesis did peak at a couple of hours and then just drop return down, even though they were still continually getting it. So it kind of shows that you almost have to let this refractory period happen. So i.e. you have to let it drop before you can spike it again. Because if you continually eat protein, like it, it just basically, you just don't get that extra benefit of having more. And that is the exact reason why sipping on BCAAs all day long or all through your gym session is fucking pointless. So don't <laughs> do it. <laughs> it doesn't like BCAAs. <laughs> I've lit- I, I, I've never seen the fascination in them anyway, so I've never really taken them. But from such a like 
a logical point of view, which is exactly that. You need to allow muscle breakdown so you can rebuild it. Like we know that. You also need to allow your your muscle protein synthesis to return to baseline before you can spike it again. So why are you wasting your money on trying to keep it topped up? Because you have to let these things come down before they go back up. So by like like you say, literally by you get people who <laughs> like they're literally hooked to a like an oral uh, BCAA kind of uh, drip almost, aren't they? Just by constantly drinking it out of their bulk powders gallon tub, uh, gallon jug thing, um, and they're just sipping on it all the time. Like you, you're not like, you're just wasting your money um, unless it tastes nice, and that's the only reason why you're drinking it. You're wasting your money because you need to let these things come down and break down, and then before they can build again. Yeah, totally. I mean, I I bought some years ago and I haven't used, I haven't had any in years to be fair, but when I first bought some, I bought some because I wanted to take it uh, in the morning because I was training in the morning that time and I thought, well, I'll train faster, but I'll take BCAAs because obviously it'll stop muscle breakdown and I don't want to break down muscles because I'm training. Um, and I thought, well, I'll go faster then, there's no calories in it. Like, I didn't even realize BCAAs even had calories because, you know, they're, they're marketed as no calories because they're not an actual protein. I was thinking, well, that's cool. You know, they're calorie free, man. I'll just have loads of these. <laughs> Just loady full of sugar though to make them taste nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you just like, uh, why would you be? Oh, I'm, I want to prevent muscle protein breakdown, but I'm going to train which causes muscle protein breakdown because you're micro tearing the muscle. Mm. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just like wrap yourself in cotton wool and. Yeah, protect none of your gains. Uh, ran over. Well, so, yeah, ran over. I guess um, so. So, because I like to recap every time we kind of cover a point. So, leucine threshold. So, hitting your two and a half grams of leucine, um, which for most people is sort of kind of a thirty to forty gram serving of a decent quality animal protein. Or if you're a veggie vegan, then uh, supplement. Or make sure that you're quite specific in the proteins that you're eating to try and kind of get that leucine. Um, and then, yeah, timing. So that timing spikes throughout the day. Every three to four hours, try and get some protein in, spike that that, that muscle protein synthesis. So I guess I can only think of one, I think, off the top of my head. One more thing that maybe would be a, a wise thing to do if muscle gain is a, a priority. So can you two think what I'm thinking? Bum, bum, bum consume protein within 10 minutes of your last working set to an so you like you don't go catabolic uh you meant seconds seconds sorry 10 seconds sorry 10 seconds no that wasn't <laughs> what i'm thinking although let's let's cover that one off though so i think we've we've i'm sure we must have talked about this before but is it that important that you have to have a whey shake or a ready to drink in your locker so that when you finish your last rep you can run downstairs to the changing room and down it quickly no it's not. Cool. I don't think it's. It's obviously not mandatory, is it? It's not as important as people both think. Um, but just, can I can I stop you there? If you're going to say man, mandatory, can you say mandatory like an American? Mandatory. Thank you. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> but as we're talking, obviously, um, advanced muscle gain. Obviously, we as with um, dieting, and when you get into sort of the the heavy days of dieting, I suppose the the little things matter, don't they? I guess so. Hitting, ticking boxes matter. 
so for someone that's i guess building if that's your routine to finish a gym set session and plug a protein shake it's not that big an issue is it it's it's not as important as you probably as people probably think but if it keeps you on sort of on target yeah I, I think like if you're going to the gym and then you've got like you've got to get changed you're having a shower you're then driving to work and then you've got to like make some food and if that's going to take you like an hour an hour and a half before you are going to eat then yeah have a whey shake scoop and a half after the gym fantastic triggers my muscle protein synthesis an hour an hour and a half something like that you know things will have dropped down again you consume it by the time it starts to digest you probably two hours um so yeah that's 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 you know that's going to be a great little spike if you're, I, I, I... I was going to say, if you're if you're consuming that and then going straight home, and your girlfriend's already got or your boyfriend's already got um, food on the table, and 20 minutes after having that whey shake, you're then consuming food again, then yeah, you may well be wasting your money. Just that 20 minutes isn't going to make a difference. That half an hour isn't going to make a difference. But if you're talking like an hour plus, then yeah, it probably it probably will help quite considerably. Yeah, I, I was going to say I agree. I, I agree on most of that. I think in that it just comes down to timing. So if you had protein before you work out, which most people do, let's be honest, if you're going, if you like most gym goers, if they're going to the gym, they would have probably had a pro, some like a pre-workout meal would have had some protein in it. So if you had that like a couple of hours before you go to the gym, like you said, Ed, is it important to then have it as the second you have your shake? No. Is it? Can you just go home within an hour or two just have your normal meal? Yes. Like it's not like you're you're still within that that refractory refractory times we talked about. So it's kind of like just think about when your usual protein times are. If it, if your training happens, session just falls in between, and you just fit your normal protein like timings, then banging that's that's that would that would be perfect. And what I would advise all clients to do. The only time I would probably say like it's more important to have a shake is one. Paul, I think the point you made is good in that if it's there their regular way of getting protein in because it, it's, it's easy to remember. You know, like I go, my, my habits are I go to gym, I have a protein shake afterwards. Cool. Have that, do that as usual. Um, and obviously if that then helps you kind of meet your, your total protein for the day and, and another protein serving. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Um, yeah. I, or if you're, you're not going to be eating, cause like there's been times where I've left the gym and I'm going to be somewhere else. I'm not going to be going home for tweet for a meal within a couple of hours. So then it absolutely makes sense to then make sure I have one rather than waiting. So I guess there there's some good reasons why you would, but just to reiterate the point, it's absolutely not essential. So anyway, the point I was thinking of, I think in terms of another uh, that I consider like a, probably one of the most important things for muscle gain as well, other than obviously regular protein feedings, is to have one before bed, a protein serving before bed, because obviously you are asleep for a long time. Would this be people. any different to your normal protein servings throughout the day? That's like, that's a leading question. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I would say yes. So I would say in two ways. So one, um, it probably makes sense to have a larger or a slightly larger bolus before bed. Because as I say, you're then at like where you would probably regularly spike protein. Hopefully, if you're, you're kind of doing every little thing you can every three or four hours, if you're asleep, hopefully for seven, eight, nine hours, which you should be because sleep's massively important for muscle gain and recovery and everything like that, and just general health, then obviously you can't then, unless you're setting your alarm to wake up in the middle of it, have a protein feeding. So having a slightly larger one before bed to, to kind of release protein throughout the night, 
is probably a good idea. I know um, Stu Phillips came out with some research over the last, was it 12 months ago, something like that, a year, year and a bit, um, talking about how important the differences this might make in, in muscle gain. I think it's one of those things where, from a, an actual evidence perspective, it's quite difficult because I guess like no one gets the funding to to fund studies long enough to actually see the the, the benefits of, of obviously whether it will actually lead to more muscle gain. But I think just from um, a mechanics perspective, we know that like what it does do over the short term, that short, surely adds up to obviously more muscle gain over the long term, like over five, 10 years or whatever, however long you might be doing it. <clears throat> I guess the other thing is you could have a slow release protein. So a casein, for example, or casein, or depending on where you come from, um, a casein or casein, yeah, um, depending on where you come from. So because uh, I guess that's digested and released slower into the bloodstream. So um the idea is that it then drip feeds through the night rather than kind of gets absorbed and used as quickly. So, but and now I'm I'm sure I've asked this question to much more intelligent people than ourselves, and I'm what? just thinking out line. Well, sorry, you are a well, uh, you are a MNU certified nutritionist now, so you are the most intelligent with person on with a distinction with, with distinction yeah, thank you yeah. so you are the most intelligent person on this call right now um because the rest of us haven't taken the exam <laughs> not, not because <laughs> yeah, we not because we failed <laughs> just uh, <like. laughs> um shout shout out to johnny actually because johnny also got a pass with distinction incredible and, so and he did spank your ass a little bit uh, he's only a couple of percent more than me come on <laughs> no i'm winding you up uh no you both did phenomenal um where was that going? Oh, yeah. So because it's drip feeding, is that actually making a whole lot of difference because muscle protein synthesis, the spike and all that? Yeah. Um, who did you ask? You know, I'm sure I've asked Martin before. Oh, no, I asked him a slightly different question. Not exactly the same. Um, I asked him more about if you weren't going to eat for six hours during the day, would you have a bigger serving beforehand uh, like you would do before bed? And he kind of said no, but I don't think he understood the question for it properly. Um, but. Oh, right, I see. Okay. Um, but casein is, because obviously it's drip feeding slowly, so is it like, is it like having a couple of small whey meals or a couple of small meals with other protein sources? Yeah, um, I'm sure I've got some study references somewhere on this. Um, so either I can find them at the end of the podcast, or if I can just go through what, or you can just maybe sing a song for five minutes, and I'll I just keep the listening. Sex bum, yeah. Is that appropriate? Or? <laughs> some something a bit better than that. Okay. Um... We we were all in to take that last week, so maybe maybe some take that. Uh, oh God, I'll uh, I'll go and ask my mother for. A CD shine. Um, how about Paul? Do you want to see anything while I find this? What were you looking at? What were you trying to find? Casey? No, no I, I, I can do the research, mate. I just need you to sing a song. Oh, no, definitely not. We don't want to lose listeners. Paul, they're, they're what, what was out when, when you were a wee whippersnapper? What was the, the song? Which, which of my decades do you want to go to? Good, well, good point. Um, like, just, when you, when you first age. started going out and hitting the town, that's what I want to know. Because I've got a song in my head, which is the, like when, when I first started going out clubbing, as they call it. Saturday Night by Wigfield. Saturday Night, flipping hell, mate, you are old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think when I when I first started going out, that was massive. Then, (laughs) when I first started going out, all of six years ago, um, I think it was Rihanna "Rude Boy." That was the tune. Wow. Yeah. But that feels like yesterday, mate. My good, my youth, youth, youthful times would have been Oasis and Blur. Good band. True. True. Yeah. Now, that, so uh, they, they were the tunes. Now they're the 4 a.m. lights are about to come up. You're all pissed up to sing along to tunes. Yeah. Do you want to know what yeah. my, um, my, my tune was? What was kind of like banging when I first started clubbing? Banging. It was, a ga- <laughs> it was a garage tune. Rewind, Craig David, Artful Dodger. Oh, yes. What tune? Nice. That's a good tune. Yeah. I was, how old have I been? 16, I think. First year of sixth form. I first started going out clubbing, and that was just on constantly. How do we get onto this from talking about muscle gain to talking about this? Save me singing. Oh, yeah, good point. Right, anyway, let's go back to some people who actually listen to. Well, maybe they don't. I don't know. But um, I can't find the study, Ed, so I will uh, maybe put a link in the show notes. <laughs> we'll come back to it. But, um, yeah, I like, I like the question. Uh, I, my, I personally think... Um, it probably wouldn't make a lot of difference. So it's a good, good point, but I don't really want to base it on that. It probably just doesn't break down as slowly as it's it kind of alluded to potentially. I don't know. If there's any intelligent people listening, please. Yes, as opposed to us. Because maybe just the rate of breakdown and the rate of absorption and the rate of release just isn't as slow as like, you know, half of what way is, or I, I have seen what it is, but I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think I think as casing doesn't it as an, a different sort of it's about it's ability about to kind of gel and and globulize. It, I it, guess, it, it, it coagulates and uh, yeah, we know that, and obviously that's what slows it down. But I suppose Ed's question was really, um, and I'm sorry if guys for listening if you're just listening to us ramble or mumble, but. Ed's question was really, um, what difference does it make? Does it just absorb slower? Um, but then that's if if you match, I guess, leucine or uh, I think that's the problem is that it's lower in leucine, slightly lower in leucine content. So matching it would be difficult. You have to actually have more total protein, then that might make a difference. But so if you basically had the same amount of protein of whey and casein, would it make a difference having the casein because it just absorbs slower, but it's still the same amount of protein? If that makes sense. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, we will come back on that. I want to follow that up because um, I've got my own ideas, but I'm not sure what the answer is. So uh, maybe we'll ask Martin and just get him to recap. Get him on, yes. And also, doesn't, doesn't um, am I wrong in thinking that casein is a slightly lower leucine? That's what I just said, brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so Are you listening to anything? <laughs> Jesus. I was, I was, I was. I was, per, no, per I was playing Rihanna Rude Boy in my head. I know, I know, I know this because I've been to shout out to Big Carl McIntosh. But I know this because I chatted to him today. But basically, um, whey has about ten point six grams of leucine per hundred grams of whey, whereas I believe casein's around the seven or eight grams, so slightly lower. I guess if you're you're talk, taking a thirty gram serving of protein, you're only talking like one gram. Um, well, I suppose it's a fair amount. Actually. I suppose you're talking nearly a gram of leucine difference, but. Still, so you know, my point was that you'd have to have more casein to make up the leucine content, but then you make then you have more total protein, so it's not really matched fairly. So you'd have to, so you could, I suppose, you could do a bit of research. Two groups, same amount of protein, supplement the casein with a little bit of extra leucine just to, to make up the leucine content and see what happens. So, anyway, moving on because we've rambled about that enough. 
but anyway i still think it's a good idea have some form of protein um a slow releasing one probably um would be a good idea so let's help slow releasing a few ideas slow releasing other than casing don't shout once <laughs> I was waiting on him to go. Then go ahead, go. Ahead. I've got a brain brain Co- block. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. Cottage cheese. <laughs> I have that for breakfast, not before bed. <laughs> I should have it before bed. Basically, any dairy. Dairy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, a pretty good one. Um, all right, that'll do. Well, let's not worry about it. So, it's all about the cottage cheese. Have we got any more? So we talked about. Leucine content, make sure you get enough leucine. Regular feedings of leucine, but protein in general, which contains enough leucine. Um, total protein is kind of a byproduct of having those regular feedings and having a decent, probably slightly larger bolus or a slow releasing one, releasing one before bed. Any more advanced muscle gain tips that you want to share? Go to bed and get some rest. Yeah, well, and obviously lift some weights. <laughs> yeah, and lift some weights. Squeeze the muscle. Yeah. Actually, I want to. I want to just, just, just knock out the whole fact that uh, oh, I've got to have a ratio of two to one carbohydrates to protein in my shake. That was Ed's bro voice, by the way. Um, that was a very American. You. Uh... Was it? Uh, it was. was. <laughs> um... I just yeah. want to knock that out of the park because uh, you know, do we need carbohydrates post workout? Not if you're planning on eating again before the next training session. Cool. Did we have been talked about it before? Or if we have, mm, I don't know. I can't remember. We've talked so much about so many things, um, but yeah, a lot of people. I think the slightly educated in nutrition people will have potentially heard that if you have carbs and protein together, then that will make things better. Uh, recovery wise because you need to replace the glycogen within your muscles which obviously makes a lot of sense but do you need that straight away or will waiting a few hours until you have your next meal will that help Um, will that just have the same benefit and yes that will just have the same benefit so if you're planning on eating a meal again between uh, the the training session you've just done and the next training session then that will be perfectly adequate you don't need to start putting glucose powders and eating raisins and stuff post-training and and the reason i want to mention that is because obviously for a lot of people that um especially if you're dieting i guess you don't want to be using up a ton of carbohydrates or a ton of calories on stuff that actually you're just drinking down and not going to feel full for um so including like 50 grams of carbohydrates a couple hundred calories in a shake that you're just going to down probably not a great idea if it's not actually getting any benefit from it so i guess there's studies from staples 2015 uh green half 2008 i have these in front of me which both said that um concurrent ingestion of carbohydrates with protein did not stimulate muscle protein synthesis or inhibit muscle protein breakdown more than just 25 grams of protein alone at rest or after resistance exercise so basically doesn't like i said like ed said unless you need to replenish your glycogen stores for performance i.e you're going to do another training session probably the same day don't worry about it boom not that one out boom right i think we're there i don't think there's much else unless you're going to say anything else well you could talk about the whole um potentially bunching your carbs and well calories in general around training to increase performance yeah so if you are dieting 
Um, you could potentially have the bulk of your carbohydrates pre-training to give you plenty of energy to make your training session a lot better, basically. So you just got more yeah. energy for training uh, than if you had all your calories for breakfast and you weren't training until the evening. Um, that could potentially be a waste of that kind of energy rush that you would kind of get from eating a meal. Um, so if you are on lower calories and you're wanting to uh, make the most out of your food and your training, uh, then having plenty of carbs pre-training will hopefully give you uh, enough of an energy stimulus and um, to, to perform a decent training session. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, no, absolutely. Because I guess like energy availability in general is low because you're in an energy deficit. Um, periodizing it around before really rather than after probably before your training sessions is, is a good idea that carbohydrates for the reasons you've just said mm-hmm. so bang yeah fantastic. um yeah and i guess actually that does link into the whole uh signaling versus energy dependent process so like the fact that we know it's a signaling and it's not necessarily you need surplus calories to build muscle kind of like you can you can then kind of get the best of both if you're periodizing your energy intake before your training to give you the best energy you can then have a deficit the rest of the time because you know that's not what's growing muscle that's the signal of protein so cool as they say in my part right paulie yes are you there are you awake i am here good so uh myself and ed want to throw out some little questions for you go go so, um, yeah, we thought it'd be funny to ask you a good few questions uh, to get some responses. You don't know the questions we're going to ask. We've got some. I don't. So a bit of a quiz, the quiz, the coach. Um, Ed, you'll go first or shall I? Uh, you go first. I haven't got mine up. Sorry. I'll go first. All right. All right. All right. So um, I'm going to come out with if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be and why? A bed. A bed? Okay. Yeah. You like Just... being slept on or? Yeah. No. <laughs> that sounds weird now. Now I've said that. I'm regretting my, I'm regretting my answer. Maybe you take um, a bit more time to think next time. I thought it was like a fast, <laughs> instant, no thing. Go, okay. go. Yeah. Um, okay. Inanimate object. I'm taking my bed back. I'm going with car, fast car. You'd be a fast car. Yeah, so I'm not that fast in real life. Okay, then surely, surely you should call yourself a Volvo or something instead. Then no, because you're not saying I have to be physically the same as what I would be. It doesn't translate uh, over. No, I think you should. No, I think it's exactly what I was asking. I said if you would be one, not would you want to be. If you would be an inanimate object, what would you be? Oh, if you were. Okay, yeah. I'd be a tractor. <laughs> That's about right, actually, living yeah. down the far south of Yeah, tractor. I'll be a Cornish pasty. I'm Devon. Oh, yeah. You just basically spat in my eye. Same thing, innit? Definitely the same Dang. thing. You're from that little, like, kinky bit in England. So. That peninsula. You're going to lose half of everybody down here now. It's done. Anyway, so tractor, I'm dependable. Right. Anyway, move on, Ed, yours. Dependable and slow. All right. Um, would you prefer to visit Earth in 2100 or travel back to the 1900s? Travel back. Yeah, why? Definitely. I'd just be very interested to see time or sort of pro, uh, time back before 
technology and everything kind of took over the world. Yeah, but can you not remember that from when you were younger? Oh, no. Ah, well, yes. Actually, <laughs> that, I can. Um, Damn kids. <laughs> um, okay, go on, Brett. All right. Um, you're about to get into a fight, Paul. What song comes on as your soundtrack? Right then, when you said it, the Rocky music. Oh, uh, cliche. So, no, that was, so cliche. Yeah, yeah. That was a great film back in the day. You could at least come up with like Eight Mile or something, you know, the Eminem tune. Till I collapse Eminem. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I can't now say that, can I? Um, actually, there is an Eminem song, Cinderella Man. Oh, okay. still, still cliche, but all right. Yeah. Uh, have you ever kept a New Year's a New Year's resolution? No. Oh. I don't really <laughs> make. <laughs> so no, no, no. I'll make one this year, specific or for us, and keep to it. Pretty yeah, interesting one. Okay. Who was your role model when you were a child, and are they still your role model now? Hmm. Um, no, not really, because, like, when I was young, young, or, like, young, young, young. Yum, yum. Oh, I love young, yums. I love young, yums. Um, foot, we'll go with football. My football role model was a player for Aston Villa called Tony Daly, who also played for England. Who? He was a fast, fast winger. And I... He was the whole reason why I started supporting Aston Villa. So, no, he's not my role model now because he's going to be way older than I am. I doubt where he plays football anymore. So, here okay. was my sporting role model. Cool. All right. Cool. Um, let's get a couple more. Let's get a couple more because I think we can do better than this. Um, what's the worst? Oh, what's the worst present? Becky's ever got you? Um, that's quite a hard one. I don't, she doesn't really, she doesn't buy bad presents, that girl. She does buy some good good stuff. Um, I'm going to have to come back to that one, Ed. Okay. I have to think. Okay. Keep going. Brett, you, you go. I'm going to have to think back to what she's given me in the past. Okay. What is the weirdest thing you have ever seen in someone else's house? Keep it clean, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good one. <laughs> Does it have to be that clean? No, go on. Um, Just don't name him. Actually, no name him. That'd be funny. Yeah, definitely well, actually, someone else's house. Does a garden count? Yep. Mm, yeah. An ostrich. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a dildo in a garden. No, that was the first one I was going to go to because when I was a, in a prior life, a carpet fitter, we had to move a bed. And as we moved it, the drawers fell out and a, quite a um, collection fell out of the drawers. Wow. Did you but dare the touch them bird, to put them back in? No. We <laughs> scooped them up with like a dustpan. Okay. Yeah. I've, got, I've got two related I, stories which are both hilarious. 
Uh, one, <laughs> when we were at university, there was a flat pretty much full of guys, and for some reason, one of them had a double-ended dildo. Um, flat full of guys, yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, and the other one was my dad, for some work he was doing, um, he had to hire like a large space, so he hired the like old four by four garage that was across the road because they had some big rooms that he could use for as offices and we went upstairs to clear out one of the rooms that were upstairs and bear in mind this is like a big four by four garage there was a box of sex toys um just in the top room of this like offices um that was a very odd place to find them uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll quickly go back the worst present Becky's bought me, but it's a nice present because I chose them, was a pair of trainers that really, really hurt my feet. And I really took a lot of serious wear, wearing them in to the point where I can now wear them. But for a while, they crippled me, but I had to that wear was, them. That was such a great answer. Yeah, that's the only thing I, think I can think of. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Actually, I want. I want to go back, and I'm sorry, listeners. If you're still with us, then I applaud you. In fact, if you're still with us, I'll send you a protein bar or something because it's ridiculous. But um, I uh, this remind the the whole uh, parental advisory dildo type of speak reminded me of um, my well, uh, one of my best mates who I was best man for when I, me and the other best men decided to film a video in his house while he was um, while he was out, and. uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically, I think it went viral for a little while. Some, some guys, and we kind of copied it, did a, a best man speech where they pretended to lose the speech. They went back and filmed loads of stuff as if they were looking for the speech. And we did the same thing. So we basically played this video at his wedding. So we started our speech, pretended we lost the speech, ran out, sprinting out the room, and then we had someone else play a video. And the video, when we were recording it, um, <laughs> we were going through their bedroom, like planting stuff, pretending to find the speech. And I was a bit odd, like, why would you go for their bedroom? But we just pretend we lost the speech in the house. And uh, I went for the bottom drawer and obviously found all their sex toys, which was hilarious. But the the funny part is what we did is we decided to take the sex toys out and replace them with packs of sweets. So the angle of the filming was that basically they watched this video back and I was going, oh, what have we found here? And all they could see was me going into a drawer. And they obviously, instead of pulling out the dildos where they were literally, honestly, I didn't see it, but I told everyone was in the room because obviously we'd already run out. But in the room, it basically said how mortified they looked to think, oh my God, what is he going to be bringing out there? <laughs> and there's me getting bags of fruit pastels out, <laughs> bags of harem. That's a really good idea. That's yeah. that so <laughs> funny. If anyone wants to see it, I'll uh, obviously I got the video on my laptop, yeah. so uh, <laughs> I'll show you. It was Should have filmed the reactions I'll, of them too. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just stick it on YouTube. I, I'm sure someone has. I think obviously they had a video at their wedding, so I'm sure it's somewhere. But yeah, that was what that was so funny. Like I had to have rubber gloves on to actually take the things out of the drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so not oh god, I can't believe we talked about dildos in this episode. Don't put that in the show notes. <laughs> no. Advanced muscle gain techniques and dildos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh jesus christ this is this is horrendous right we need to wrap this up now right i've got yeah. one more question paul I've got one yeah. more question how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant a hundred okay good answer right <laughs> <laughs> send it there <laughs> Ed, push the button, push the button. <laughs> thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week